All right, okay, okay. What is up, everybody? It's LJ Talks Facts right here. Gonna spit some facts. Like always, of course, happy SummerSlam Day to everybody, to everybody listening to him right here who loves my wrestling reviews. I'm very greatly appreciative of you guys. So, let's talk about AEW Dynamite. My AEW Dynamite review. So, we're wasting any time. Let's get right into it. So, overall, Dynamite, just like SmackDown, I thought was a really good show. Like, Raw, I thought was okay. SmackDown, I thought was really good. And I thought Dynamite was really good. Especially the ending of Dynamite. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that. I might mark out a little bit. Alright, so the show started. We know it was on Saturday night. I actually did watch it live yesterday. Well, not really live. You know, it was, it was taped, but I watched it when it was on. It came on about, like, after 6.30 or right after the Miami Heat-Indiana Pacers game. I was getting kind of impatient, thinking, like, oh, my God, when's this going to start? Come on. I want to watch some wrestling right here. There's nothing else on tonight. I'm not doing anything, so let me... Come on, I want to watch some wrestling here. But, no, it was definitely worth the wait, you know? Show started right away with FTR versus Private Party. No entrances, no entrances at all. They went right to the match. And this match overall, you know, a lot of people reacted pretty negatively to this match. FTR wound up getting the win. A lot of people were just really negative about the match. I thought it was a good match, to be honest. Like, FTR is not that kind of wrestling team. Even when they were in WWE, they're not that team that's going to do flips and super kicks and high-flying shit. They're an old-fashioned wrestling team, wrestling tag team. Kind of like the Four Horsemen were. That's what FTR is. They're not like the Young Bucks or like Lucha House Party or Lucha Brothers, you know, or Jurassic Express. They're not like that. They're not like that. They are an old-fashioned wrestling tag team, which I love completely. And I love that they're bad now because they, they're not, they just don't, I don't jive for them when they're good. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like them when they're good. Even when they were in WWE, when they, well, they were bad the whole time in WWE, they were never good guys. They're, they're just much better like that. And it's really a shame. You know, in WWE, you know, they were booked really good. They were getting booked really good in NXT. But once they got to the main roster, I forget who it was that got hurt. It was after, like, their second appearance on, on Raw. One of them got hurt. They got treated like shit after that. And they got a huge, huge pop after a WrestleMania 33 on Monday Night Raw. Like, seriously, that pop was huge right there. That was amazing. But shame one of them got hurt. Because I was hoping down the line we were going to see them, uh, well, they were known as Revival at the time, beat the Hardy Boys. The Hardy Boys just returned. They became the Raw Tag Team Champions. That would have been perfect right there. But it's a shame. They got booked like shit, though, and the crowd really didn't react to them that well because they just didn't like how they were getting getting booked or how they were you know, portrayed. If they would have went down to NXT again, they would have definitely... I think they could have fixed their WWE careers by getting sent back down to NXT. That could have really fixed their careers in WWE. But then when 2019 was just a joke for them, they really got treated like shit. They did the whole itching powder thing with them, and they were shaving each other's backs, and the Usos were making fun of them. I'm like, they're really disrespecting a really good tag team. And one of my friends on Facebook was like, oh, they suck when they got released. And I felt bad for them. He was like, oh, they suck. They suck. They got booked like fucking jackasses. Like, seriously, they got booked like fucking idiots. I love the way they're getting booked in AEW, like that old-fashioned fucking tag team. They look much happier, too. Now, I'm not trying to make this about WWE at all. You know, I'm not trying to make every episode like that, but you just look how they were as the revival. In NXT, they were great. Main roster, they were still good, but they were getting booked terribly, and they weren't. They didn't have any long reigns as champions. You know what I mean? They just, like, they lost it pretty quickly almost every time. And it's a shame. 
They didn't get treated correctly. And then when they requested to leave, they got treated like shit right there. That whole stupid feud with the Usos and how they got made fun of. I'm like, this is so stupid. You're really disrespecting a great tag team right here. Great talent right here. Like, what a joke. But they wrestled a good match with Pirate Party, old-fashioned right there. Like I said, a lot of people reacted to it pretty negatively. I'm like, but that's the kind of tag team that they are. They're not going to be like your like exciting kind of tag team they're old-fashioned which i love that's wrestling right there that is wrestling people just don't like it now but you know what too fucking bad because you're gonna like it you're gonna have to deal with it whether or not when they win the tag team titles at all out we'll talk about that soon because they are gonna win it all out i guarantee you that so if you want to be mad then be fucking mad you're gonna have to deal with it and i don't want to hear when they win it all out oh my god they're xwb guys oh my god you know, the Revival and FTR are two different things. Just like how Cody and, you know, Cody Rhodes in WWE now, he's just known as Cody, in uh, AEW now, two different guys. When you think of it, two different characters, basically. And Luke Harper and Brody Lee. And, oh, my God, I can't wait to talk about Brody Lee versus Cody. I really can't wait to talk about it. But back to FTR versus Pirate Party. Overall, I thought it was a good match. FTR obviously needed the win. They couldn't lose this match. They got all the momentum right now being heels. Now they have Tully Blanchard with them, which I think is perfect. So it's kind of like the question is, like, where's Sean Spears? Is he okay with that? Or is him and, are him and Tully done? Because I always felt like him and Tully don't really work. Because Sean Spears doesn't really have any charisma. He doesn't have really much of a character. He's just, he's just, I don't jive with him. I don't, I don't. Oh, excuse me. <coughs> Sorry about that probably allergies Jesus um but yeah overall I, I just always thought Sean Spears and Tully Blanchard just wasn't gonna work it just feels like it hasn't though you know what I mean like even Tully can't make him good so I'm saying I mean, Tully, I mean and Sean Spears is a good wrestler but he has like no character he has no like charisma at all it's just when he cuts a promo it sounds so bland like he doesn't know how to like be a good character but it is what it is with him so FTR got the win and then we see John Moxley backstage cutting a promo on MJF saying, like, what is MJF hiding? Like, oh, he's trying to, like, ban my move and everything. And Moxley, like I said, he, he looks a lot like Stone Cold. He really does. And it's, it's good that AEW's kind of booking him that way. Just a ruthless fucking badass. That's what Stone Cold was back in the Attitude Era. And now him is John Moxley, not as Dean Ambrose. It's just much better. He's getting booked pretty good. You know, Dictator John's getting booked pretty good. He can cut really good promos. When he's, like, unleashed and unscripted, he can cut really good promos. But then, you know, after commercial break, we see MJF with his whole campaign team. <laughs> he is so fucking funny, MJF. He is so good. He's such a good actor. I swear to God, he is really going to lead this company for the next 25 years. Like, I truly believe that. He's going to lead them for a very, very long time. Because he is such a good fucking actor. He's a great wrestler, and he's such a great actor, too. He makes you believe in what he's, what he's saying, what he's selling to you. Like, you know, when he was, like, crying, like, when he says, I want to start a family, John. And my kids ask me, hey, Dad, Papa, Papa, I want to play catch. No, son, I can't. He cuts great fucking promos, MJF. I just love him. And I seriously hope he does win it all out. I don't know if he's going to. I mean, it's like you got to kind of pull the trigger with it and say, you know what, we got to give this guy the title. He's red hot right now. You know, come on. I think it's the perfect time. Especially he beat Cody back at Revolution. 
Uh, no, Revolution, yeah, yeah. And then he beat um, Jungle Boy at double or nothing. He did lose in the tag team with Wardlow at Fighter Fest against Jurassic Express. But, I mean, come on. He's never been pinned or submitted. He has lost two matches, but in those matches, he was never pinned. One was a fatal four-way, and the other one was the tag team. Both at Fighter Fest, which is pretty funny. But, um, yeah. I think it's time to give him the title. If you could say, oh, but it's too early... Mox has been champion when it comes down to all out he's going to be champion for almost 7 months so he's had the title for a pretty you know long time I'm not saying Mox has been bland Moxley's been a great champion he's had some good feuds with obviously with Jericho and you know with uh, he had that one match with Hager which wasn't that bad it got people didn't really like it but I thought it was okay and then he had the match with Brody Lee which was fucking vicious and the match with Brian Cage was good too and the match with Darby Allen, like that one, oh my god. I think that might have been my favorite, one with Darby Allen. That one was, oh my god, was that good. You know, he, he works good with almost everybody, Moxley. It seems like since he's been champion, he's worked good with everybody. And let's see how he works with MJF. You know, I hope they give MJF the title. It feels like it is time for him to become champion. I understand it's early. He's only been, they've only, it's only his first full year in the company, you know, with Dynamite to be exact, because Dynamite started in October last year. I mean, it's not really forced, though, to make him champion. It's not forced. It's just a guy is red hot. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to wait. The people are invested in him right now. People may not be so much invested in him later on. They'll be like, oh, now you want to make him champion? You got to do it now. You got to do it when he's red hot. And it doesn't matter. You can't, you can't think in the future, oh, then who's he going to drop the title to? Forget about that. Let him enjoy his title reign, because he damn well deserves it. He could always drop it to like a guy like Darby Allen or maybe Ricky Starks. That would be really cool. Or be Lance Archer or fucking maybe Warlow turns on him or he turns like on Warlow and Warlow turns face and then there you go. I would, oh, that'd be great if Warlow becomes champion in the future because he is a great big man. He's a big man that can go. Like, whew. Or even Jungle Boy can get a title shot because like I said, you got a lot of future in this company. MJF is one of those guys. Jungle Boy is one of those guys. Warlow's one of those guys. Not really Lance Archer, he's in his 40s, but yeah, like these guys that I just mentioned are young. Like Jungle Boy and MJF and oh, yeah, Darby Allen, Warlow. These guys are young and hungry right here. These guys are the future of AEW. Easily the future of AEW right here. And Ricky Starks as well. He's a big part of the future coming up because I see a lot of good in him. They have a lot of good guys. And Sammy Guevara, another guy right there. These are guys that are going to carry this company for a long time. It's the truth. Orange, well, Orange Cassidy's not really a young guy. He's in his mid-30s. But his character's also red hot, too. But I don't think they're going to give him the title. Not yet. Not yet. Let Give it to MJF. Let him have his run. And then maybe give it to Orange Cassidy. Maybe we do that. I don't see Orange Cassidy going after the TNT title because, you know, we, we all know. But no, MJF, like I said, great actor, you know, great wrestler too. I really hope he wins. But now we get to our, another guy too is Ray Phoenix. That's another guy. I fucking love this guy. I love him. He's one of the best luchadors in the world. He is so fucking good. Like I was about to just get to it. The eight-man tag team match between the Lucha Bros and Butcher and the Blade versus Natural Nightmares and Jurassic Express. Overall, I thought it was a good eight-man tag. I thought it was good. Uh, Natural Nightmares and Jurassic Express got the win. But Ray Phoenix, like, every time he's in the ring, he always fucking impresses me. Always. He is so fucking good. He is so good. I mean, 
I really can't see him being on his own right now because he's with Pentagon, his brother, his real-life brother. I really can't see him splitting up anytime soon, but if you get him in a singles career, oh, my God, he'll take it by storm. If you put him in, like, the TNT title division right now or, like, or the world title pitcher, <sighs> this guy is so good. He is, like, amazing. He's definitely better than his brother Pentagon. He is one crazy motherfucker. Pentagon's good, but Ray Phoenix is way fucking better. Holy shit. Like, he is just... Imagine we get a match between those two in the future. Pentagon and Ray Phoenix, brother versus brother. Oh, my God. Just like the Hardy Boys. <laughs> man. Oh, man. That would be a great fucking match. Put that match on TV. Well, that's a pay-per-view-worthy match, but still, like, holy shit. But, yeah. It was a good eight-man tag. You know, after, you know, um... Pentagon was going for the finish right there, but it wasn't Ray Phoenix on the top row, but it was the Blade that was going to do it with him, and Pentagon's like, no, and they're pushing each other, and then fucking, well, Blade was tagged in, and Pentagon just pushed him into a roll-up by Jungle Boy, one, two, three, Natural Nightmares and Jungle Boy, and uh, Jurassic Express one, and after that, they were pushing, shoving each other until Eddie Kingston came out, you know, you know he got signed uh, last month, and it was a few days after his match with Cody, and man, this guy really can cut a good promo, Eddie Kingston. And he was saying, like, you guys should not be divided at all. You guys got to be, like, together. And now they're all together now. Eddie Kingston, Butcher and the Blade, and the Lucha Bros. So we'll see, what that, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that stable goes. You know, I miss... I really miss Pac. Because it was his birthday, I think, yesterday or two days ago. It may, it may have been yesterday. But he's stuck in England because of the restrictions, travel restrictions due to COVID. So it's kind of a shame. Like, they did Death Triangle. They were doing that Death Triangle with Pac and uh, the Lucha Bros. I mean, Pac's eventually going to come back, but it's like, what are they going to do with him? He's not being, you know, he's getting like a paycheck every week. He's not on TV. It's like, we haven't seen him on TV in a while. We, know we saw him like cut a promo from his house like a couple months ago. I really hope we see him soon. I fucking miss Pac. He's also another guy that will carry the company too because he's still young. He's another guy that can carry this company. We know he's not really like, well, like the guys that I mentioned before, they, they're not WWE guys. You know, Pac's a former WWE guy known as Neville. You know, like, the other guys I mentioned that would carry the company, they're not WWE guys, but Pac's definitely one of those, like, ex-WWE guys that can really carry the company. Kind of like how Moxley is and, you know, Jericho. But you know what I mean. Hopefully he comes back soon. Because I miss the shit out of him. I fucking love him. Seriously. Oh, man. You know, and overall, like I said, this was a really good show last night. You know, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I seriously enjoyed it. Like, you know, that's just... Just how much I love the show. Oh, man. All right. All right, all right, all right. We'll get to our next thing coming up right here. Excuse me one second. I got to, like, go back because I'm almost, like, forgetting. I just found out that Apollo Crews and MVP is going to be on the pre-show tonight for the U.S. title. That's kind of sad. Uh, what are you going to do? Uh, excuse me one second. I know I had to like go back because I almost I forgot what was next. You know, I, I wasn't on my phone going back at first, but now I gotta like <laughs> go back. When I see it, it's gonna be so obvious. All right. Oh yeah. Yeah. My God, how the fuck did I forget this? Jesus Christ! Like sometimes I'm like doing too much and I forget shit. All right. So we had the Orange Cassidy in-ring interview with Tony Schiavone and best friends were there as well, Trent and Chuck Taylor. We know Cassie didn't speak. Right when Shivani asked, when he asked him a question, and right away Jericho's music hit. 
And I was like, oh, this is going to be good right here. And I thought for a second Chris Jericho was going to turn good. But then I forgot for a second, oh, they're tied up because Jericho was praising Cassidy, saying, I applaud you. You know, you proved a lot of people wrong. And he was right because a lot of people a lot of people don't like Orange Cassidy's gimmick. And I understand that. I understand that. But he, when he, when he goes, he can go. He's a damn good wrestler, and he can go. You know, I feel like the hatred's kind of like... I think it's kind of like stupid for him. I don't think he should get as much hate, to be honest. I don't think he deserves it. Hell no, I think he's good. He's a damn well good wrestler in the ring. But, that's whatever. People are going to say whatever they want to say. You know, Jarek was talking about, you have one win and I have one win on you. So the only way to settle it is do one more match. So at All Out, they're doing a, min- a Mimosa Mayhem match, which you can either win by pinfall, submission, or, in a, or you have to throw your opponent in a tank filled with orange juice slash bubbly. 80 gallons of orange juice, 100% pure orange juice, excuse me, and 500 cases of a little bit of bubbly. I mean, I mean, I kind of laughed at when I saw it at first. It, it sounds kind of funny, but you know, I think it's kind of cool that they're doing that. I know what everybody's going to say, oh, but this is WWE doing it. You fucking call them out and say it's so stupid shit. Um... How about you don't know what I'm going to say? And no, I think it would be funny either way. Whatever company you want to put it in this match, it's going to be great. It's going to be fucking hilarious. We know somebody's going to get thrown in that tank. And I believe Cassidy's going to beat Jericho because he needs to win, obviously. And especially it's on pay-per-view, too. He's got to win. Jericho just by no means needs this win at all. Just do the right thing and have Cassidy win, which I'm sure he's going to win. He has to. Um, it's it's going to be funny. It's going to be a funny match. You know, it's going to be funny seeing Jericho or Cassidy get dosed with fucking bubbly and fucking orange juice. It's just funny. And Jericho, like I, like I always said with Jericho, he's just he's just fucking the greatest wrestler of all time. He's so fucking good. He's aged like fine wine. He still cuts great promos. He can still go in some big matches. He He's still great. I think, like I said, like he's going to be on commentary next week. That's where he's going to be, I think, when he's officially retired. He's going to go be a commentator. And he should. He really should. I mean, we also know he does. He still has Fozzie, you know, his band. So I actually heard that they're going back on tour soon. Even with this whole pandemic going on, it looks like they're still going to go on tour and do shows. I mean, is that the smart idea? I mean, even Jericho said, because there's actually going to be a live audience next week with like a little bit of the capacity next week at Daly's Place for Dynamite, which is on Thursday next week. He, you know, he did say it best, though. The fans, they need, you know, wrestling needs the fans back. It's true, at some point of capacity, like, you work slowly, you know what I mean? Like, different phases, you see how it works out. I mean, a lot of people think that, you know, the pandemic's going to end after the election because there's something else going on, they think. You know, that's everywhere the conspiracy shit, you know, it's whatever. There is something out there, obviously. I'm not saying COVID by any means is a hoax. Hell no, it's definitely not a hoax. Hell to no. Definitely not. I was actually in the hospital before it all started. Like, mostly started. We knew it was around, but not many people were taking it seriously. It was, like, early March. It was definitely before everything, like, shut down. It was, like... I, I went to the hospital on March 4th. I'm not trying to do a whole story, but I'm just, like, just making a point real quick. Like, Mar- uh, March 4th, I went to the hospital. Because the night before, I was at the Islanders game. I don't believe I got food poisoning. I don't think I got sick from it. I wasn't actually feeling good before I went to the game. But I shook it off and said, nah. I'm not, I, I went, when, a game, when it comes to a game or whatever, I'm going. I don't care how I feel. I felt kind of like a little bit, eh. But then I went on the train and I felt fine. I was like, all right, I feel a bit better. And then when I got to the arena, I felt good. So I was like, oh, maybe I was just tired. But then I feel good. I, you know, after I went home, you know, I laid down on the couch. And I had a little bit of a snack. 
went to bed, and then I threw up fucking ten times. From midnight to, like, what time did I get to the hospital? Maybe, like, nine or ten in the morning. I was throwing up a lot. I don't know what the hell I had. They didn't test me for COVID at all because there wasn't really, like, a thing at the time with getting tested for. It was around, but it wasn't, like, a big thing. Like Not, not, not many people were worrying about it. People were kind of quiet on it. They were like, uh, okay, we really don't care. That's what people were doing. It's the truth. You know, it was kind of tough. You know, some people, you know, it was kind of tough. I was in the hospital till like, Saturday. You know, they did. It was a, a Wednesday to a Saturday. And the stupid thing was, I went to the Nets game the next day because my friend had tickets. And I was like, I'm still going. I don't give a fuck. I was so tired when I got home. And I actually was watching AEW Dynamite on the 4th. And shit, and, I, and the TV was moving like, like I was watching, it was going so fucking slow. I was like so drugged up on medication. So I don't know what the hell I had. Maybe I did have it. I really don't know. But this is serious. It is a serious thing. I'm only talking about like, you know, I'm just giving my personal experience. I'm not sure if I had it. They tested me for the flu twice and I didn't have that. So maybe I did have COVID. Maybe. Back then, maybe I did have it. But I'm not totally sure. This is back in March. I'm totally fine now. Don't worry about me at all. I'm perfectly fine. That was a bad feeling. I was like, oh my God. But the medication definitely worked and I got and I was fine. So maybe I didn't have it. Maybe it was just like bacterial or whatever. I think I had like a bacterial infection. But besides the point, I just thought I'd share that story with you guys. You know, just show it's this is serious. Because I'm not one of those people that says it's a hoax. It's definitely not. But you know what? Jericho's allowed to do whatever he wants with Fozzie and do their tour. And I feel like wrestling and just sports in general, or even like a lot of things in general, should start coming back slowly with like a little bit of capacity. I think like it's 10 to 20% capacity with uh, Dynamite on Thursday and for, you know, how it's going to go on. That's how it's got to be. You need the fans. They, the fans fucking pay the wrestlers the fucking paychecks and fucking sport guys. The fucking, we pay their fucking salaries. That's what we do. That's what we do. So you need the fans back in the arenas and doing, you know, you know being there as fans. That's what you need. And Jericho said it best. You know, a lot of people could say, oh, he's he's stupid for saying that. No. You need fans back. You need the fans back. But at a small capacity, take your time with it. Eventually, there'll be arenas fucking packed with a bunch of people. That's how it'll be. Eventually. But overall, you know, this is a really funny segment, like I said. And the inner circle wound up coming out. Like, Jericho wanted to give a toast to Cassie, but he wanted his boys to come out as well. So I did a little bit of a toast, and Jeremy said, get him, boys. And the inner circle attack, best friends in Cassidy, and they were dosing him in fucking a little bit of bubbly. It was pretty funny. All right, so the next thing we talk about now is the six-man tag. Six-man tag team match with the elite Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus uh, four, uh, three, four, and five of the Dark Order, Alex Reynolds, John Silva, and Alan Angels. And this was a good six-man tag team match. The Elite got the win, and of course, people were going to complain. Saying, oh my god, the Elite, they always put themselves to win. I mean, did they not lose like two weeks ago to the whole Dark Order? So I don't... Anytime someone from the Elite wins, they always say, oh, they booked themselves to win. I mean, that's not even true. That's not even fucking true. That's like so like... That's so like false. It was a good match. And we saw Kenny... He's had some heel tendencies recently. Like we've talked about. Because he grabbed the chair. Because they used a chair on him during the match. Dark Order. And he grabbed it after the match. was going to power Alan Angels onto it. And I was like, oh shit. But one of the Young Bucks stopped him. 
So you can kind of see Kenny. Maybe he's going to really turn heel. Maybe he's going to turn on on Hangman. Maybe that's what's going to happen. Maybe they're both going to turn heel or something. I mean, I, I really don't know how they're going to do it. But you're seeing Kenny kind of go crazy. And like I said, Kenny even said, like next year with AEW, he's going to be more involved in like the world title picture because you got to make him world champion eventually because he's the biggest star in that company. He is. Just saying. All right, so then we get to our next match. Darby Allen, my man. Love that guy. He was in action against Will Hobbs. Um, I never heard of Will Hobbs before, but, you know, I was pretty happy he got it, He got his shit in during the match. Even though it was a short match, he this guy looks like a fucking tank, this, this guy Will Hobbs. I mean, of course, anybody could throw Darby around the ring that's bigger than him, of course, but this guy, I think AEW should give him a legit chance, Will Hobbs. Because you could put him in the ring with guys like Brian Cage, Wardlow, fucking Luchasaurus, Lance Archer. You could put him in with the big boys. Because he is built like a fucking tank. He could be a guy, he could be a surprise in AEW. I'm just saying. Even though I don't really know much about him. He could be a huge surprise in AEW. He could turn out to be a huge breakout star. I guarantee that. If they give him a chance. That all comes down to if they give him a chance. If they won't give him a chance... Another company definitely will, because they see he's a big guy. Oh, he'll get a chance, because I know he can go. He proved that last night. And I was happy it wasn't like a squash match. Well, obviously, it shouldn't be a squash match when we have Tarby Allen versus a guy like Hobbs size. You know, but he was getting his shit in right there. I was like, okay, good. You get to see what he's all about right there. Like, AEW really doesn't do squash matches. Like, they let you get, like, your shit in, basically, which is good. That's what you have to do. You have to build up wrestlers right here, not jobbers. So Darby Allen eventually got the win. And then Taz grabbed the mic and saying there's a new member of his group right now. And his name is also Darby. <laughs> and Ricky Starks came out dressed as Darby Allen, had the face paint on, the skateboard, and he was talking like him. Ricky Starks, he, this kid's gonna be something in AEW. Because, you know, I'm glad they signed him. And I'm glad that they're actually doing something with him. We don't have him with Brian Cage and Taz, and they had him in the main event scene a few weeks ago. Now, that's pretty good. They, I think they see a lot in him. Even Tony Khan said he's a big fan of him. And everybody's saying AEW's like WCW 2.0. I mean, Tony Khan says he likes Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks is a young superstar, and he likes him. That's a good thing to know. You have so many young stars in this company, and Tony Khan likes these guys. It's his company, for God's sakes. He knows what he's doing. He know It's not going to be WCW 2.0 or, or TNA 2.0. It's not like that. People, people don't want to see that it's not like that. Yeah, sure, AEW has some, some wrestlers that are old, like Dustin Rose, and like Jericho, and like, um, like Cole Cabana, and fucking who else? Um, so I said Jericho, I said uh, Jericho, Lance Archer too, you know what I mean? Yeah, but they're not, you know, I really don't know, people they'll still complain about anything, it doesn't matter what it is, but they're not WCW 2.0, they're not TNA 2.0, they are AEW, that's it. They ain't gonna turn into any other company. They're their own company. And they're still building on some young wrestlers. Like John Moxley's the world champion. He's not that old, he's 34. I mean, come on. And if you give MJF the title, he's 24 years old. So there you go, you're building on young wrestlers. That's what AEW's doing. But people wanna just complain about everything. Oh, they're using old wrestlers. Ha ha ha. Like, okay, whatever. But um, no, that was a good promo by Ricky Starks and Brian Cage. This fucking guy, holy shit. Like, you saw, like, they showed, like, the camera from, like, up up in the air. 
This motherfucker's fucking built like a Hulk. This big motherfucker. Holy shit. This guy's just, he's straight up built like a tank as well. Like, holy shit. He could definitely play the fucking Hulk in a movie. Oh my god. Like, Christ almighty, is he big. That's one guy I wouldn't want to step in the ring with. He could fucking break your face with one punch. Like, if he gets, if he was like in a real fucking fight, well, I mean, you know what I mean. If you had him like in a boxing ring or UFC ring, he would fucking kill people. If you had him like a street brawler, oh my god, that's one guy I, know I would not want to step in the ring with. I'd be like, oh, no, thank you. I'll just, I'll just take a pin right away. I don't want to wrestle you. Hell no. Hell to the fucking no. This guy is like fucking, oh my god. But that was pretty cool. So I feel like, I feel like at All Out, we're going to see uh, Ricky Starks versus Darby on. I feel like in a couple months, we'll see Darby on versus Brian Cage for the FTW title. I feel like it's going to happen. I'm all for it. All right, so the NWA Women's Champion Thunder Rosa makes her debut. And she challenged Akara Shida to a match at All Out, and that is official for All Out. And I don't know anything about Thunder Rosa. Like, I, I found out about her last week when uh, I think somebody tagged her in, like, tagged her in the AEW post by Akara Shida calling out whoever to challenge her. And she responded to it, and I'm like, okay, so I know that she's the NWA Women's Champion. I've never seen any of her matches. So you're going to have to bear with me. I've never seen any of her matches at all. Maybe... I don't know if she's going to wrestle a match before All Out, so I can kind of know what she's all about. Or I could watch a match online. That's also true. Because I don't know if she's going to wrestle on Dynamite for free. Well, not free, so obviously she's going to get paid. But she probably wants to have a match on pay-per-view, and that's it. Because I don't think she's going to beat Okara Shida. I think she is definitely going to retain. And like I said, I've said before, Britt Baker is going to become the next AEW Women's Champion. But I should definitely like watch, her match, watch one of her matches online, see what she's all about. So we'll see. Well, you know, now we'll see. I will definitely look at that. So that's pretty cool. NWA and AEW having a relationship there. That's pretty cool. Okay. All for it. At all out. Like, okay. <laughs> You've piqued my interest there. So right before we get to the AEW Women's uh, Tournament Cup uh, Tag Team Match uh, Finals, you know, Sammy Guevara comes out. He has his, you know, his, uh, his signs and everything. And when they come back from commercial, Matt Hardy's beating up with the chair. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I love Matt Hardy's shirt saying, I don't die. It has, like, blood on it. That's a cool shirt. I need that shirt. And Hardy fucking tossed Guevara. Boom. Like, threw him right through the table. Like, just fucking threw him. I was like, damn. That was really cool. And then he was fucking going to throw a chair at him that Guevara threw at him a couple weeks ago. But the referee stopped. I'm like, oh, this feud has been, this feud's been fun. Guevara and Hardy. It's been great. And I can't wait to see what happens. Like, oh, my goodness. And like I said, I love how Matt Hardy's character, he basically is like a schizophrenic. He's got, like, different personalities. He's got, like, personality disorder, which I love, and it's great. All right. So we get down to the tag team, uh, women's tag team deadly draw tournament finals. And I was really, really shocked what happened here. It was the Nightmare Sisters versus Ivelisse and Diamante. And Ivelisse and Diamante won. I was so fucking shocked. I, like, I, like, 99.9% chance knew that the Nightmare Sisters were going to win the fucking thing. That's what I truly believed. I was so surprised when I saw QT Marshall get on the top, like, not on the top row, get on, like, the ring to, like, interfere, and I thought, like, I was thinking, fuck, they're really going to win the Nightmare Sisters because I didn't want them to win. I like Allie. I like Brandy Rhodes, too, but I think she sucks in the ring. Like, the match was kind of slow. They had to slow it down for Like, Brandy Rhodes is not good in the ring. Like, why does she keep... That's the one flaw I have, one of the, one of the flaws I have with AEW... 
can you like stop letting Brandy Rhodes wrestle, please? And, like, cause she sucks in the ring. She's not good in the ring. She's kind of like Stephanie McMahon if you put in the ring. Stephanie McMahon's way better in the ring, but just stop putting her in the ring. It's just, it's kind of stupid. She just sucks in the ring. Feels like the, they have to slow it down for her. But Allie, Allie's okay. You know, I think if you ever like have her have like a true singles career, then we can see what she's all about instead of like having her with Butcher and the Blade and now fucking Brandy Rhodes and the Nightmare Family. The match overall was it was because like I said, Brandy's not good in the ring. She's not. She fucking sucks so much in the ring. She's not good. So I was really shocked like Evil East Diamante won. I was like, holy shit, they actually won. That was good right there. If the Nightmare Sisters would have won, I would definitely have complained. And I usually don't complain about AEW, but I don't like Brandy Rhodes in the ring. I like her in general, but not in the ring. I feel like she's so bad in the ring. She's not good. So let's just have let's just stop having her wrestle, but probably her and Allie are gonna wrestle. Because you feel like Allie's gonna probably turn on her and shit. Cause she's you know, she's not really a face to be honest. She's like has her heel tendencies, so you kinda know she's gonna turn heel on them. So maybe say she was using QT or whatever. I, mean, I, I don't know. To elevate her career, whatever the fuck. But who knows? Well, congratulations to Elias Diamante because I did not expect that. So next week on Dynamite, we got oh we got the Gauntlet match. We have to talk about that because um we about that because they had an interview with FTR later on in the show, and and they announced that there's a Gauntlet match. It's gonna be it's gonna start off with the Natural Nightmares. And best friends, whoever wins that match faces the Young Bucks, and whoever wins that match faces FTR. So it's a fatal four-way gauntlet match for next Thursday. And we saw Hangman Adam Page talking to FTR, saying, oh, "Why'd you do that to the Rock and Roll Express last week?" and shit like that. But FTR says, "You know, our business, is our business." So maybe Hangman is going to join them in the future. We'll see what happens, but. That's for next week. So FTR versus Best Friends versus Young Bucks versus Natural Nightmares. In a Garland match with the winners facing Kenny Omega and Hangman Page at All Out. We got Big Swole versus Britt Baker and Penelope Ford in a handicap match. I, mean, I don't know how that match is going to be, to be honest. I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. We got Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara in a tables match. That's going to be good. That's going to be a good match. And we also got John Moxley and MJF's contract signing for... For all out, I know, like his MJF's lawyer said, like um, they got five million signatures online for banning the paradigm shift, and Moxley needs to sign this, or else they're gonna sue, gonna sue Moxley. So I believe Moxley is gonna sign it, so he won't be able to use the paradigm shift during that match, which is fine, because he's been using like submission holds recently. So I don't think he really cares. I don't think he should even go out there and complain. But like, okay. He might just do that, and, and they'll get MGF all wild up. Like, MGF's probably going to try to get a reaction out of him. Moxie might just say, okay, whatever. But now we get to our main event right here. Mr. Brody Lee versus Cody Rhodes for the TNT Championship. And, oh, my God, was this good. This was perfect, and I mean perfect, booking. I was kind of waiting to see everybody else's reaction as well because I fucking loved it. I was just waiting for everybody's reaction, like, all over social media, thinking, like, okay, what does everybody think about this? Do they like it? So much props to AEW, because this worked out so fucking well. Brody Lee fucking destroyed Cody. Destroyed him. Cody didn't even get any offense at all. Brody Lee destroyed him the whole fucking match. And then 
a few minutes into the match, hits the discus clothesline. One, two, three. And that was it. And I was pretty shocked that that was it. Like, I was like, holy shit, that ended so quickly. Because I looked down for a second, if I saw the clothesline, I was thinking, oh, shit, that was his finisher. I thought maybe Cody was going to kick out. But no, Cody had no type of fucking offense at all. None. I was like, oh, my God. I can't believe it ended so fucking quickly. But it was done perfect. Because Brody Lee, this is, how I say, this is how I've been saying he should be booked. Like a fucking monster. You know, that's how you have to book this guy. And the Dark Order, that's a real fucking group right there. Not that dumbass retribution group in WWE. Dark Order is a real fucking good group. That actually have a meaning and a purpose. Retribution is just a bunch of fucking idiots. But that was good. That was good. And, you know, Tony Schiavone came in the ring. And Brody Lee said, people like you, executives like you that held me back. And held me back, you know, my whole career. And that was, oh my god, like, he, he was just, and he said he's going to be a problem for AEW, and him having the championship defines that. Man, you just, that was, I, I really didn't think Brody Lee was going to win. I really wanted him to win, and he did, and he did. I was like, holy shit, I was like, wow. What a fucking match. Well, not really, not really what a match, it was a, like, almost like a squash, but still, what a great, you know, fucking story they did. Because right after they put Cody on the stretcher, the Dark Order attacked him, and then they attacked. They were attacking Arn Anderson first. I was like, "Damn!" They're beating the shit out of Arn Anderson, then they beat up Cody, and then fucking uh, bro, Mr. Brody Lee had bang with the old TNT Championship, and we didn't know what it was at first, and he bang hit him right on the skull with it, and then eventually, you know, he took it out, and we saw like him dump it on Cody. But before that, you know, we saw Brandy Rhodes come out after. The Dark Order dragged out Dustin Rhodes, QT Marshall, the Natural Nightmares, and threw them down. Brandy Rhodes came out to protect her husband. And then we saw Anna Jay, and I was like, oh, okay. And then Brody Lee said, go after. And she took and she choked out Brandy Rhodes, and I was like, that was done so perfectly. Everybody fucking loved it. I was like, thank goodness there wasn't anybody complaining about it. It was always it was all positive. Reactions to it. Of course, it's probably gonna be that one dumbass that said, "Oh, that was stupid." No, it wasn't. That they perfectly booked Brody Lee how he has to be booked, like a goddamn fucking monster, and I loved it. And I can't wait to see where they go with this now. Hopefully, they keep it up with Brody Lee. You know, that's how you have to keep on booking him like a fucking monster. Obviously, you can't have have him have offense throughout his whole match. You know, like you gotta let other guys get their shit in. Like, you could say, like, Cody definitely underestimated him because he was laughing before the match. So he definitely underestimated Mr. Brody Lee. Definitely. So we'll see where this leads now when Mr. Brody Lee is TNT champion. I hope he has a title for a long time. So Cody had a nice run for three months. You know, he had a lot of good open challenges, you know. The only one they didn't sign that was out of AEW is Warhorse. I don't think they signed him at all to AEW. I don't believe they did. They signed Eddie Kingston and, um... Ricky Starks, but not, I don't think they signed Warhorse. Maybe down the line they'll sign him. You know, he's still young, but we'll see what happens. But that was really fun. That was a great ending to Dynamite. It was a great show. Like I said, Raw was okay. SmackDown was really good, and Dynamite was really good. How long the twist Dynamite? Like I said, I didn't think the Nightmare Sisters were going to lose. I thought they were going to win against Diamante and Ivelisse. And I didn't think Brody Lee was going to win the TNT title. Like, I wanted him to win, but I didn't think he was going to. I thought they were going to do something stupid, like Cody's going to beat him. But I was really happy. I did say if Cody was going to win, I would complain about it. But nothing to complain about here. 
that was perfectly done at the end. And like I said, everybody loved it. I didn't see any like any negative reaction to it. They knew they did right right there. But you could say the probably the one idiot would be like, oh Brody Lee, I did the Filbert WWE guy. That's not Luke Harper, that's Brody Lee. That's not Luke Harper. Two different characters. That's Mr. Fucking Brody. That ain't that ain't Luke Harper. The guy that wouldn't speak at all, say anything. Just that's not Luke Harper. Perfectly done. That's how you book him. That's how you fucking book him. And maybe Vince McMahon probably saw that. I mean, I don't know if he has, or maybe he heard about it. I'm sure he watches this competition. He must be thinking like I mean, I don't know, maybe he's not thinking it, but if I was him, I'd be like, holy shit, I really could have booked this guy as a monster. But you booked him like shit. Seriously, you could have you could have really booked him perfectly when he was Luke Harper. You could have booked him the same way he's being booked right now, like a monster. And he could talk. He could really cut a promo. Just saying, man. They should have gave him a chance. But sadly, they didn't. Sadly, they didn't, man. It's whatever. Well, you know what? You just got to love... You just got to love how... um, You just got to love it now. You just got to love it now, you know? You just got to love how they're booking them now. So it's just, it's perfectly how they're doing it. I think it's definitely perfect how they're doing it with Brody Lee. And I think they definitely, I think it's really good. I seriously enjoyed it. It's a good job, good, you know, a lot of good on AEW doing that. A lot of good on him. But, you know, great show. Like I said, Raw was okay. SmackDown was really good. And Dynamite was really good. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow in my SummerSlam review. I hope you guys that are watching SummerSlam tonight, I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope I do as well. Okay, we'll talk about it tomorrow. So I'll talk to you guys soon.